Chapter Twenty Two of To London Town. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. To London Town by Arthur Morrison. Mr. Henry Butson had fallen on good fortune. No more would he endure the humiliation of begging a job of an unsympathetic gaffer in future his life would be one of ease free from ignoble exertion and unashamed by dungaree overhauls and he made it so for a little while his wife seemed to indulge in an absurd expectation that he would resume his search for occupation of one sort or another once she even hinted it but he soon demolished that fancy and in terms that prevented any more hints he had little patience with such foolishness indeed the matter was simple enough why did a man work merely to get shelter and food and clothes and comfort and hair oil whatever he wanted to drink and smoke and his necessary pocket money a man who could get these things without working would be a fool to work more he would behave inhumanly to his fellow-man by excluding him from a job as for himself he got what he needed easily enough without the trouble of even taking down the shop shutters a vulgar act repellent to his nature so he rose at ten or eleven or twelve as the case might be and donned fine raiment the most fashionable suit procurable from the most fashionable shop in aldgate he began at aldgate but in time he grew more fastidious and went to a tailor in leadenhall street a tailor whose daily task was to satisfy the tastes of the most particular among the shipbrokers clerks of st mary axe his toilet complete his curls well oiled mr butson descended to a breakfast of solitary state nan's had been hurried over hours ago the rest of the day was given as occasion prompted when the weather was fine nothing pleased him better nor more excellently agreed with his genteel propensities than to go for a stroll up west when harbour lane was quiet and empty he seemed to choose such times for going out he would slip round to the station and by train and omnibus gain the happy region he was careful to take with him enough money to secure some share of the polite gratifications proper to the quarter and minutely acquainted himself with the manners and customs of all the bars in the strand and about piccadilly circus and although he was a little astonished when first he was charged eighteen pence for an american drink he was careful not to show it and afterwards secretly congratulated himself on the refined instinct that had pitched on so princely a beverage in the dark so to speak he took air too in hyde park to the great honour of his whiskers and much improved his manner of leaning on a rail and of sitting in a green chair in the evening he tried perhaps a music-hall but always some of the bars and arrived home at night rather late sometimes a trifle unsteady and usually in a bad temper bad temper was natural indeed in the circumstances 
after so many hours indulgence in the delights of fashionable society it revolted his elegant nature to have to return at last to a vulgar little chandler's shop in a riverside street where a wife in a print bodice and a white apron was sitting up for him sometimes even crying for nothing at all as if the circumstances were not depressing enough for him already these little excursions cost money of course but then what was the good of keeping an ignoble little shop if you couldn't get money out of it and the shop did very well mrs butson and the girl the cripple were boiling bacon the smell was disgusting all day long and they sold it as fast as it was cold and other things sold excellently too from the time when she took the shutters down in the morning to the time when the lad johnny put them up at night mrs butson was unceasingly at work serving unless she were boiling and scarce had five minutes for her meals and often the girl had to leave the bacon and help in the shop too very well all that meant profit the woman couldn't make him believe that it didn't merely because the wretched details of trade failed to interest him that was the way of people in that class of life there was a touch of the miser about all of them no matter how the money came in they persisted in their narrow views as to spending it and there was other income in addition the lad johnny he was almost a man to look at brought his mother eight shillings a week at the time of the wedding and then ten shillings and then twelve more it would increase two shillings a year but in truth his mother was unduly extravagant in buying him clothes still at any rate there was something and there might be more if only mrs butson would turn the girl out to earn a little instead of letting her waste her time reading and confirming her in habits of idleness and there was the rent from the cottage this came every week by postal order from bob smallpiece and since it was fitting that a husband should open letters sent his wife by a single man mr butson cashed the orders without troubling her in the matter at all so that indeed he was not at all wasteful considering both his income and the society he moved in for he was not slow in making acquaintances among the affable gentility of the bars in fact he would have done it cheaper still but for the pestilent uncertainty of spring handicaps it would seem impossible for him to put half a sovereign on any horse without dooming it to something very near the last place the distinguished society of the bars was profoundly astonished indeed distressed at his ill luck but gave him more excellent information for future events information however that brought even worse luck with it his wife showed no sympathy for his troubles and of course there are vexations and disappointments such as those of the spring handicaps which are inseparable from fashionable life but rather aggravated them with hole and corner snivelling and ridiculous attempts at persuading him to a mean and inglorious way of life she even hinted vulgar suspicion of his west end friends and suggested that he should associate with a long fool called hicks living next door a common working man for a long time many months in fact he bore it with what patience he might retaliating only in such terms as seemed necessary to close her mouth 
and to convince her of his contempt for her low habit of mind and indeed for herself and when at last it grew plain that personal punching was what was needed he was so considerate as not to punch her about the face where marks would advertise the state of his domestic affairs careful also to operate not other than quietly when they were alone on the same grounds of decency and he knew that she would tell nobody for at least she had self-respect enough for that of these things johnny knew nothing and bessie only a little both were glad that their stepfather was so much from home and though johnny's sentiment toward him was a mere sullen contempt the lad made no parade of the fact rather aimed indeed at keeping things quiet for his mother's sake but bessie fretted in secret End of chapter 22